You only have one life to live, so get the most out of it. On Good Life, Great Life, join me, Brian Highfield, and my guests as we share success stories, habits, mindsets, and lessons learned by successful people. These lessons are not taught in schools, but are critical for getting ahead in life. Whether you want a successful business or career, optimal health, or a lifestyle that most people just dream of, Good Life, Great Life has you covered. After retiring from a successful corporate career in my 40s, I founded multi-million dollar businesses in the sports and healthcare arenas. Now, I help everyday people maximize their lives and speak regularly at seminars, on podcasts, and radio shows to share principles on the topics of health, wealth, and happiness. Don't let a good life get in the way of a great life. Join me today on Good Life, Great Life. Well, welcome to another episode of Good Life, Great Life. And I have with us on the program, Sarah Turner. Welcome to the program, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Awesome. Well, we want to get to know you a little bit. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what made you want to become an entrepreneur in the first place? Oh, man, it's funny. I always laugh when people like ask that question because it was like not cute, not glamorous. <laughs> it was uh, pretty rough, honestly. I had through a series of events just really came to the conclusion that I was like, I don't really think I'm meant for like the nine to five life. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I work hard and I saw like the trajectory of my life that I was going to have to go get multiple like higher education degrees, be in more debt and still like see a minimal increase in like my paycheck. But also, I don't know, I just worked hard and I felt like I felt like it was not ever celebrated or even appreciated. Um, so I felt very like taken advantage of and mm -hmm. also um, stuck, super stuck. So that was, so that was like, I was, I just, I dipped my toes in, started a little event planning business, started content writing, um, just kind of tried to see like how I could make it work. Um, and then very quickly shifted into copywriting. So um I am a freelance copywriter, and now I also teach people how to become freelance copywriters and leave their nine to five. So people who are interested in like becoming entrepreneurs, like those are my, those are my yeah. homies. Yeah. So. Well, here's, here's an interesting question I like to ask all the guests is, is do you feel that entrepreneurs are kind of like born with an entrepreneur gene, or do you think anyone can really become an entrepreneur? Like that is like one of the most like harmful, like pieces of misinformation. I actually think that's out there. Um, because I, I often looked at like, you know, the things we associate with entrepreneurship and was like, well, that's not me. And that's what I think prevented me from like feeling like I could even claim the word entrepreneur because for a long time I was like real comfortable with like a freelancer, but like not business owner, not entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I'm not risk-taking. I don't really like, you know, I don't really like to like, I don't know, you hear the stories of like the entrepreneurs right. are like, I lost a million dollars. Yeah. Do you see those people on Shark Tank all the time where they mortgage their house and they took out a second mortgage to, to fulfill their dream and just going deeper and deeper in debt? Seriously, that always like terrified me. And I was like, that's not who I am. Like, <laughs> and so it didn't resonate with me. And I really have come to believe through my own like life. And then also through like working with people who are starting their for very first businesses um, that so much of like what it means to be an entrepreneur, uh, can be cultivated. Like, you know, like a lot, like personal development work is essential as a entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And 
And the great thing is, is when you're an entrepreneur, you can put that first. You don't have to like get home from your nine to five and like be exhausted and like try to like improve your life bit by bit. Um, but yeah, so I think that one, it can be cultivated, but two, entrepreneurship is just so much more accessible than it's ever been before. So you don't need to be the like, you know, have a ton of venture capital and be super risk-taking and um, there's so many ways to kind of like ease into it. And that's usually how I explain that to people. I'm like, you can just like slide into, into yeah, entrepreneurship yeah. a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be like a giant, like put a mortgage your house situation. Right. It sounds terrifying to the average person. So yeah. And a lot of people, they, they think that's what they have to do. They think, okay, I've got to go back to school and spend a lot of money for an advanced degree, or I, I need to open a business where I need a lot of capital to whether it be a store or a restaurant or something like that, or buy a franchise. Um, and there's, like you said, there, there's tons of opportunities out there that require very little capital. Totally. And it's changing. Like, I just feel like it's important for us to remember that like, because of how fast technology is changing, like new opportunities are popping up like every day. And it's so important to like, keep your eyes open and to have an open mind because it's just the the world is shifting and changing so fast um so yeah 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 and and so um uh, a lot of, how do people i mean how do they, it you, like you said you have to be open-minded you have to kind of look for these things you can't be boxed into the traditional like opening a brick and mortar store or buying a franchise but what are some of those opportunities that are out there for people whether what what are their options yeah well i mean there's a ton but i'm definitely in the world of digital marketing so i can definitely i can speak more mm -hmm. readily to like that world. Um, but I mean, there, there's, there's, ev there's so much, honestly, like in the world of digital marketing, you know, you can be in graphic design, virtual assistants, social media management, copywriting. I'm a big fan of, um, obviously. And, uh, you can start your own like online store. Um, I mean, I was just, I was just like looking at TikTok, which I never do. Mm -hmm. There was like this live feed situation. I was like scrolling through and all these people were monetizing the videos that they were doing. So people were getting paid to like, like literally the weirdest thing I've ever seen. They were like harvesting pearls out of oysters in the shape of crosses and people were bidding on them. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and I always love to tell the story of my best friend, Emily, who, um, who actually I have a podcast with, she, um, had a really rough point in her life. Uh, her mom had just passed away and she has two little girls and saw that there was this, this huge trend with slime and everybody was like freaking out about slime. It was like an ASMR thing, um, but nobody was making it. And so her and her girls started making slime and selling it on Instagram. And like within five months, they were having like 10 K months. And wow. I was just like, what? what? <laughs> like, yeah. What's happening? <laughs> it's like so, The world is changing so fast and, and you can make money in so many ways. I actually think that's also like my, like millennials, especially were told to like really pair your career with your passion. And mm -hmm. I think it kind of stressed us out um, and freaked us out a little bit because we put so much pressure on ourselves equating like, okay, my career has to be the like number one thing I'm most passionate about. And I, I think that's actually not helpful because there's so many different weird ways to like make money that sometimes the way you make money can just be the way you make money and it can yeah. free up time to go do your passion. Yeah. Um, so I think that's also like a really unhelpful thing that, I don't know, I, I definitely grappled with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, what are some what are some of the traits you know that you see people? What what do they really need to have or develop in order to be successful as an entrepreneur? I think I really think actually, and all of this can be cultivated. I really believe mm-hmm. that. But I think so much of what I see is actually um, people need to really focus on growing their sense of self-trust and their sense of self-worth mm. because I often see people um, as they grow as an entrepreneur, like those are like kind of the two main things I see people grappling with um, because I know that there's, especially among women, there's a lot of like shame and wanting more for yourself Um which is interesting because those are the people that I'm like, I, we need you like thriving and not surviving. Cause you're the ones who like give back and have big hearts and things like that. Um, and then really, I feel like entrepreneurship is a journey in like growing your sense of tr- self-trust. So maybe you start by just like having one client and, and, and you deliver on time and they're happy and you're like, okay, I can do this with a second client and you do it again and again and again. And then And like, that's how, like, I think businesses are really built is through this growing sense of self-trust as you like add to your skill sets, because the the answers to all of your problems are out there, right? Like all all the problems you can come up, like come up against, Mm -hmm. you can find those solutions now because of the internet, because of YouTube, because of mentorships. Um, So yeah, and that, that's interesting because, like you said, I, I I run into the same thing where people just don't believe in themselves, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and I think a contributor to that is a lot of people want instant success. Like you know, they just want that hit. They go out, they start making a million dollars, and that just does not happen right. typically. That's not typical results. Right. It's like whenever we watch, you know, movies, like, you know, all the Rocky movies, Mm -hmm. like the thing that makes a champion is skipped over. We make it into montages because it's boring. It's not sexy. It's him him, like eating three healthy meals a day and going on a run. And we're like, well, that's lame. Let's chop that up into like the smallest little bit possible. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the sexy stuff. Right. But that's like literally where all the work is. That's where like champions are made. That's where, you know, millionaires are made. And for me, that's reassuring, honestly, because you're like, once you know that you're Mm. like, it's not some like magic secret. It's just consistent action over time. Right. I think that's such an important point for people because, uh, you know, again, instant success is not not typical. Typical is putting Mm. in effort, like you say, consistently, consistently over a long period of time to build that up. And I always think of that iceberg picture that you know people post talking about you know we, we just see the tip we see the success we don't see all the work and sacrifices that go into it it's so true it's so true it's and, and again like sometimes you can look at that and think okay well that's daunting but if you just remember that it's like actually really simple um that's what makes it I think reassuring you know and also I really think it's important to remember that like One of my favorite images comes from this book called The Slight Edge, where he talks Mm -hmm. about being how we're always off course and how to get to the moon, the like Apollo rocket ship was off course, like 95% of the time. And it's just constantly course correcting. And I love that image because if you think of like your life and entrepreneurship like that, it takes a lot of pressure off, right? You just imagine that like, you're not always, you're never, and I mean, I can speak for my, for myself, like Mm -hmm. I'm never fully like right on track. I'm always like trying the next thing, 
okay, that kind of works. Now I need to adjust. And you're just kind of course correcting as you go. Um, and I just think that's really helpful because it just alleviates a lot of pressure to like get it right. Yeah. Which is an impossibility. Because a lot of people come in, okay, they got a plan, but they got to, they got to adjust the plan. Like no one, no one goes from A to B according really to their, their original plan. So like you said, they always have to make those small course corrections. I've actually stopped making really big plans. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been like, I have what I call like a North star. Like I'll be like that one day I would love like that. Right. But I know that between now and then there's a lot going on. So like, what's the next step for the next three months, the next six months, maybe I'll have like a little bit of a plan for even the year, but I never really plan beyond a year anymore. (laughs) No, I I think that's, that's smart. Cause uh, I think, I think like 90 day cycles are kind of, um, they keep it small and, and keep people help keep people on track. If you've got a one-year goal um, and they're not consistent with it, then of course they're going to miss it. But they set out a goal 90 days in advance. Mm-hmm. I think they're much more likely to hit it. Totally. 90 days is my favorite because that you can get the, what you can do in 90 days and the impact it can have on your business is really profound. And it doesn't feel so daunting and it gives you that flexibility to course correct. So it's like, yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> so, so what else? So, so, I mean, you, you work with a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs. I mean, what, what are you seeing in, in terms of other things that the uh, characteristics or traits that they need to develop within themselves? Again, I think I always like, because I like had such a hung, hang up around, you know, seeing the like list of traits to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. kind of like help me small. I'm always like hesitant to go that direction. I think, um, I think that there's a lot of traits that people think are not helpful that are super helpful. I mean, especially what comes to mind for me with copywriting is empathy um, and in marketing and marketing messaging, like, like some of the most, the best copywriters I've worked with um, are some of the most empathetic. And I think that that's often considered like a not helpful trait in the world of business because it's been, I mean, businesses before like now, I mean, it was just, it was much more in a like hardcore, like grind, hustle, like, you know, push back on your fears, just kind of like muscle your way through it. And I think there's a lot more space in the world of entrepreneurship for empathy and connection and compassion. And I think people are craving it, honestly, from businesses and brands, yeah. right? Like you see people want to know, like, what does your brand stand for? If I'm going to buy from you, like, what are, what are you doing to give back to the world? And I think that's like a really important like shift that I think people aren't necessarily noticing, um, or at least the old school idea of like what an entrepreneur looks like um, isn't appealing to a lot of people, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I think it ties into the business's story because people really do business with, with someone that's got a great story to tell. And, and I think things that are very popular right now and, and, and social responsible of, of sustainability and things like that. Uh, I think I see more and more businesses weaving those into their story to attract more customers. Totally. And I think that, um, Yeah. And I just, so I work with a ton of moms, like a ton, a ton of moms. Um, And they're in a particular situation. Oftentimes they're looking into entrepreneurship because they maybe just had a baby 
and they're like looking at their life and they're like, I don't really want to work nine to five. Mm -hmm. I don't want to not be working because I do enjoy the intellectual stimulation. I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy like contributing to the household financially. Um, And so there's just a big, big need for more flexibility, especially among like women who are having children. And entrepreneurship provides that for a lot of people. Um, But again, they come into it and they're like, yeah, but I'm not really an entrepreneur because like they think like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and they're like, I'm not like that. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make a billion dollars. I don't want to (laughs) like make rocket ships. I just want to like provide a really good life for my family and not be working 40 hours a week and like still be contributing meaningfully to the world. Right. Um, And I think that's really beautiful. Uh, And I love working with people like that because the system as it stands is like not set up to support those kinds of people. And they're hard workers. Like they work hard. They have a big why, their family, their life. Um, So it's just, I don't know. It's about like finding creative solutions, I think too. Yeah. And, and obviously we've seen that with kind of the, the, the great resignation here and, and with COVID people are forced to work from their homes and they got a good taste of what it would be like mm-hmm. to do that. And people liked it. I, you know, they don't want to be stuck in traffic uh, or, you know, be, be clocking in or pretending to work at their cubicle or whatever, you know, they, they like that balance. And I think, I think that we're seeing that such a surge in people that are used to that. And so they're leaving their jobs and seeking something um, that's going to give them that, that work-life balance. Yeah. I actually really think that the whole like time-based compensation model is like super outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, my team works on a task-based model. So if they finish their tasks at their day or for the week, like, like go have fun with your friends yeah. and family, you know? And so none of us work 40 hour work weeks. I'm very anti-hustle. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and it works so much better because think about it. It's like, if you have like these tasks to get through and you know, once you finish them, you can go like spend the rest of your day with your kids, your, your spouse, like whoever, go see a friend. Um, you're going to work so much more efficiently. Whereas like, you know, everybody knows that experience working the nine to five or like the last two hours of the day, you're twiddling your thumbs. Mm -hmm talking to your coworker about what you watched on Netflix. And it's mm-hmm. just, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. I think the, the traditional models outdated, it's a dinosaur and, and you know, yeah. we, we've been seeing that shift, I think for a long time, but now I think it's starting to accelerate. And I think COVID really, really helped that. Because people are starting to realize that their most precious resource is their time. Yeah, It's like yeah. you make more time. And so they're all seeing like all the time that's being like lost commuting for example I was like always pretty anti-commuting even when I had like a nine to five I was like oh my gosh like people who drive like an hour to work I'm like no that's so much you know yeah one of my mentors one time he told me the story where he went to his kids um uh uh it was a school it was a school event like a like a um oh gosh where they could talk I'm like a road I'm thinking road trip but that's not right um a field trip field trip thank you a field trip for a school so he wanted to go with his child and he was the only dad everybody else's moms uh, on there and I love that story because I I wanted to be that guy because I was still working in the corporate world and I'm like gosh I want to be the only dad on a on a school bus with with my kids and um so that that inspired me but did did you have a mentor that really has, has helped you or maybe several mentors 
I've had a few mentors and um, so, I mean, some of my favorite like minds are, uh, I really love Joe Polish. I don't know if you know him. He's in like mm-hmm. world marketing. He's just very much um, has a big emphasis on giving back because he has, like life gives to the givers, like one of his like philosophies. Um, so very, very philanthropic in like building his businesses, but also like not to a point of martyrdom, right? Like definitely yeah. like not afraid to make good money, which I think is also really important too, because yeah. I know we all have a little bit of a money mindset, um, usually that we have to work through when we're becoming entrepreneurs. Um, I'm like blanking, uh, <laughs> Um, I also really appreciate Sam Ovens. He's a li- it's funny because he's like very the opposite of kind of how I like to like operate in the world, but he speaks some like really core truths that I like. Um, and then, yeah, I'm like trying to think. <laughs> I'm blanking. I wish I had <laughs> known that question beforehand because there's some and I know I'm like, yeah. Oh, and, and I guess talk a little bit about the importance of, of mentorship and where people can go to really find a good mentor. Okay. I think mentorship is like the way, like mm-hmm. I think most people should skip college and go straight <laughs> to mentorship, like truly, because that, that is like the fastest way to get real life experience and feedback and challenge your mindset and grow. Um, and usually it's a fraction. If you, if it's a paid mentorship, it's a fraction of the cost of like college or university. And anytime I've invested in a mentor, I come out the other side with like way more experience. Um, and the thing is, is I think it's important for people. Well, one, you can find mentors like pretty readily online. Um, oh, Kristen Johnson. I knew I was forgetting. She was like another, another beautiful mentor of mine. Um, she so yeah finding people online is a good way i mean literally like go down a youtube rabbit hole go down an instagram rabbit hole um you know the algorithms are going to start showing you more of the same yeah. so that's one good thing about the algorithms <laughs> but um yeah i just think mentorship is is huge and the thing the point that i was going to say is that sometimes ask like the person you might want to mentor under might not have like a mentorship they're promoting online, but, but ask, like I, I was just talking with someone and she wants to go into interior design and her backgrounds in marketing. And she's like thinking about going back to school. I was like, no, go to an interior designer whose, whose business model you respect and you want to emulate, say, that's what you want to do. You want to study under them and then tell them about the value you're going to bring them i.e. your marketing experience, right? You have so much to offer this person and present it as a mentorship. Like I would like to be your mentee. Here's why, but also like value first, right? Like here's how I'm going to help you. And, and she did it. And now she's like, this person wasn't offering a mentorship. She went out, had that conversation and she was like, I have a mentor. <laughs> and, um, and that's an option too. Like they don't have to have like a mentorship program. You can, absolutely ask somebody to mentor you. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's a novel idea instead of because people think, oh, I got to go back to school to learn something, but there's people out there that already know it and been doing it for, for and years. Real Just go world. ask them. <laughs> Listen, they're doing it in the real world. Anytime I hear somebody that they're going to university for like yeah. digital yeah. marketing, yeah. especially, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> because that's the time it takes 
for university to like integrate back into their syllabus, like what's changed in digital marketing is not like, that's going to take so much time and it is a living, breathing thing. It is fast moving. It's changing constantly. Um, and that's another reason why I love my mentorships and believe in mentorships. It's like, <laughs> it reminds me of, it reminds me of a funny story. <laughs> One of my business partners, I mean, he never went to high school and um, he was talking business with a college professor one time and the college professor's like, you know, what, why should I, you know, why should I even believe you? You never even went to high school. And the guy looked at him and he says, well, I know what you bank as a professor. And I can tell you, I make twice that. <laughs> and, and the professor just kind of sit back in their chair and be like, you got, you got a point there. <laughs> well, also, like, I don't know if this professor was a lifelong professor, but a lot of professors are career professors mm -hmm. didn't go out and have a career in the field that they teach. And like, I'm not knocking on professors. Right, here, right. Like, <laughs> you can also like, you can learn from somebody who's like, literally like in the trenches yeah. or learn from somebody who's like studied theory. And yeah. to me, nine times out of 10, obviously there are exceptions where you should definitely go to college. Um, we don't need surgeons who are like just figuring it out on YouTube. But uh, for the most, for like by and large, I think mentorships are just so valuable and, and you, but you have to be more creative about how you find the mentor. It's not, it's not cut and dry. It's not going to school. It's not on that prescribed path that most of us um grew up thinking was like the right way to do things so you just have to be a little bit more creative yeah uh real quick you mentioned the slight edge as a book do you have any other favorites that you would recommend to aspiring entrepreneurs um slight edge is always like my number one um recommendation for sure that's like love that one great i'm sure yeah. i do I just like not off the top of my head. No, that, that's fine. There's there's so many out there that it's hard to think of any. It's, it's a... have, well, like I have, I have like a whole YouTube video on like yeah. website, but for some reason, <laughs> not kind of <into> me. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we're almost out of time, but this is this has uh, been very informative. Um, but before we go, how can our audience get in touch with you or connect with you and learn more about Sarah Turner? So uh, obviously my website, officialsaraturner.com. Um, there's a bunch of information there. Uh, you'll find links to everything that you would need there. I have a YouTube channel, which is specifically about copywriting. And um, you would find me there by searching for Sarah Turner. And then Instagram, simply Sarah Turner is the handle. But yeah, you can find me in those three places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for being with us today. This has been great. I love what you talked about, self-trust and self-worth being a barrier because it's so, so true for people. Totally. And it's All an right. ongoing thing. You never figure it out fully. You just get better and better. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Our guest today has been Sarah Turner. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being on the program today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of Good Life, Great Life, brought to you by Brian Highfield. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guests and stories. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business.